Live from F102, this is Art As We Know It. This is the seventh episode of our bi-monthly podcast. With this podcast, we hope to share our art knowledge and help ensure others find art in their daily lives. Because this is a standalone special, we will not be answering any trivia today, but we will still have an art history fact, our history today. And that is in 1931, Dracula was released on February 14th, 1931. And it is the first Dracula movie to be released in the movie theaters. So since today is Valentine's Day, we're going to talk about artists that each one of us love. Um, so personally, my one of my favorite artists is Anthony Gormley. And the reason I love his art is because, especially since I'm going into architecture next year in college, a lot of his work incorporates architecture of the body and how the body is in relation to space. Almost all of his pieces he casts of himself, of his own body, and then places sculptures at different places. He has one work that it's a bunch of bodies like standing throughout the ocean. And I think it's really beautiful. And I don't know. I love how he incorporates architecture with his work. One artist that I really like is Stuart Davis. He was from the early pop art era before it was pop art. It was kind of cubism, abstractness, and it was all relatively jazz inspired. I really like his work because it's... Um, has really interesting shapes and colors, and he really plays around with perspective, and it makes for something very visually appealing. Hey guys, so this is Anissa, and my favorite artist is John Fragonard, who painted The Swing, which is actually one of our 250 pieces in the art history curriculum. And the reason I love this piece um, is because of the soft pastel colors that he uses, and just because I love the pieces that come out of this time period, which is the Rococo time period, that was sort of seen as a shift from the classicism to Rococo. And this was this began after the death of Louis XIV. And, yeah, I just really love this piece because of how beautifully pleasing it, it is to look at. Tassine, who's your favorite artist? My favorite artist, one whom I love very much, is my girlfriend. <laughs> she makes really beautiful art and she's super sweet. I love you a lot and happy Valentine's Day. I have two questions. What kind of art does she make? And two, is she real? <laughs> Ouch. Uh, yes. And um, I don't know. Whatever. She doesn't like AP art. So um, on to the next topic. We are going to be talking about all of the different famous love stories throughout time. And that's like books, movies, and art pieces. So I think a good place to start off is Romeo and Juliet. So, what do you guys think of the story of Romeo and Juliet that we all, we learned about in school? We had to read it, like, sophomore year. Like, everyone knows it. I feel like it is a tragedy, as, you know, it's a Shakespearean tragedy, and it's very tragic. It is tragic, but do you like it as a love story? Not as a love story. More like an everyone apparently dies at the end story. I like it, because I think it diverged from a lot of the love stories that um, were depicted during that time. I think Shakespeare looked at love in a very different way. Um, with that being said, I do like the original, like the original Romeo and Juliet Shakespearean play. Um, and I think that the sort of subsequent J Romeo and Juliet plays that came after that, or just like ones that broke off from that and sort of assumed the same storyline, I think those aren't as 
you know, well portrayed as the original. Um, this is going to sound sad, but personally, I like tragic love stories. Like, I think whenever they're sad, it adds like another level of emotion and just like yeah, pure love, I guess. Yeah, because I think that like, normal love stories are predictable. And mm-hmm. when yeah. you're watching something, you want to be mm-hmm. surprised. Well, like cheesy love stories. Sometimes it's kind of nice to be like, oh, it's the same exact love story. And they right, are going right, to fall in love at the right, end. Yeah. yeah. But I think this was very original for that time and the fact that it's kept like persisted as a classic like beautiful love story it's really cool and it's been made into so many different forms like it's a ballet it's movies like it's everywhere mm-hmm. although some versions aren't very good but and others are amazing like Nomeo and Juliet I feel like Romeo and Juliet does get the essence of it, but it doesn't really... There are some other storylines that are added in. One of the most ones. famous depictions is the Leonardo DiCaprio version, which personally I didn't like. I love Leonardo DiCaprio, but I also watched it whenever I was 14. Yeah, we, so I don't we had to watch think I understood we like the language... Yeah. Not that I would now. I think that it just looks gross because they're constantly bringing in these flashing images and... It's a lot of color. It's very overwhelming. Yeah, and I don't... I know it's an artistic choice to have them speak in old Shakespearean, but it doesn't... I don't know. It's not very interesting when it's like that because then it's the same exact thing. And if you're watching a remake, you want there to be some differences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some other good love stories are like the Titanic... um, Leo... Again, that's another <laughs> sad love story. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You is really good. That one makes me yeah. cry. Have y'all seen that? Heath yeah. Ledger, yeah. Heath Ledger was so... Oh, gosh, so oh. He's a cutie. <laughs> he was. He was. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a really cute one. That's also based off of a Shakespearean play. I'm pretty sure it's Traming, Taming of the Shrew. Mm-hmm. And then there's... What's the movie where he does the hacky sack thing? The hacky sack slam pole. Oh my god, it's gonna bother me so much. It's Um, like where she transforms. Yeah, well, basically all of them. Shrek. Not Shrek. Shrek's an iconic love story. It really is. It really is. It's like like true beauty, not like what you see on the outside, you know? It's about all what's on the inside, which is love. (laughs) Big green love. Um... What is that movie called with the hacky sack? It's going to bother me. Because he so just goes much. in there for like a minute. He's like, hacky sack. It's like hacky sack. doing slam poetry. She's all that. It's she's called She's All, all that. that. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, and then She's the Man. She's the Man. That was based with Channing off of, Tatum. Uh, what's that movie? Much Was it Much Ado About much, Nothing? Mm, no, it's the one where it's like with the donkey. The, the Shakespearean play with the donkey. <laughs> and he like turns into a woman. Or she, oh, she, oh, Midsummer's Night Dream. Yeah, Midsummer's Night. That Dream. one I actually really do like. That play. Yeah, that one's really interesting. one of the you most. You see how like a lot of, a lot of Shakespearean plays are, interwoven into new, and modern themes. So away from plays and movies, probably my favorite movie, and maybe my favorite like love story, is Call Me by Your Name. I haven't gotten to see that yet, but I know I a ton of people really like it. The movie is oh beautiful. Give us a synopsis. It's so beautiful. Uh, I don't like, it's about this boy. He's a boy. Yeah. And yeah, he, he's a boy. He's like younger. 
The guy that goes to he's a student. No, 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 goes no, no. not the student. not the older man. Oh. <laughs> the, so he's a he's a son, a seventeen year old boy, a, a growing he's, person. Yeah, he's yeah, sure. <laughs> so this male character he goes to Italy during the summer for vacation and meets this student i think who's like under the wing of his father um learning under his father um and they sort of about how they like fall in love i and heard that like, there's like i heard that there's like controversy over the age difference like he's i think the he's younger kid is 17. like 17 and the older kid is 24 Oh, okay. That's not so as bad like as I seven. thought it was. Yeah, I assumed the, it was like seventeen. I think it takes something. place in the eighties. It does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's a just about movie. how like fleeting the time is that they have, and how much like they want to be together, but like they don't have that time because you know he has to leave and all that stuff. It's really sad. That's really sad. Yeah. <laughs> Love stories nowadays focus a lot on things not working out. Like in Law and 500 Days of Summer, Call Me By Your Name. Suicide Squad. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. And I think that's what makes love stories so much more real, is that it's not always like a fairy tale ending, like in Cinderella or stuff like that. Yeah, I feel like it's the new lovers, newer love stories are better connecting with audiences mm-hmm. because people, it is nice to go up there and see like, Oh, you know, they would have never met, but now they're madly in love. But also, sometimes people want to see what happens, like, in real life. Mm -hmm. That's why reality TV is such a big thing. And I think when people have been in love and gotten their heart broken, it's a lot more relatable to see that. And you have a deeper connection with it than things always working out. So, I guess we're going to go on to our next topic now. And that is all the different versions of the kiss throughout history. Because there have been a lot it happens to be a very common thing to portray in art. Popular. So what are some pieces that you'll know that are centered around the kiss? Well, the obvious, the original glimpse, the kiss. If it's the original, I think so, right? I think the original, one of the originals would be like August Rodin's, who's from like the 1800s. Oh, right. Is that the stone one? Yes. Well, yes, it is. That was a pretty iconic one, you know, simple, minimalistic. Two little uh, stone boys kissing that's, each other. That's Brancusi. Never I'm talking mind, about then. Auguste Rodin's. It's made out of marble, I'm pretty sure. Oops. And, and it's um, relatively classic in style. Kind of reminds me of Greek it's style. Right. It's just two nude figures kissing. But that's, that's art. Yeah, I think it's like very, in, you know, contrasted from Klimt's where it's like the gold and the flashiness of the embroidery and like how colorful it is. You can sort of definitely see the difference between the two but like with the same theme that's a very classic depiction of love mm-hmm. there's also francesco hayes's piece the kiss oh, I like that. it's a very classically done piece i'm pretty sure it's made out of oils because you can see that the light and all of the shading is very naturally done uh, it shows two people kissing like all of the pieces in this segment and it kind of looks like Spain, maybe 1800s-ish. And I think it's it's pretty interesting. It does seem like it would be an intimate piece, but it is in some sort of like really empty background. So I think that's kind of a weird juxtaposition. <laughs> Edward Munch also made a kiss piece. Edward Munch is the man who did the scream. 
and this piece is equally as wavy, I guess. It looks very, like, wavy. It also, um, the setup looks very similar to Gustav Klimt's The Kiss, but it is not. What do y'all think of this one? I think his color use is very limited. Interesting. Limited? Well, it's very dark colors. Yeah. The the other pieces tend to focus on brighter colors or like plain depictions, like, but he chose to go like for a dark theme. Yeah, you can't even see their faces. It's like yeah. you you know what's happening, but you can't. Everything's kind of warped together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like they've fused to become like one being. Yeah, and like yeah. all of the like nothing's distinguishable from anything else. Like the the hands don't even have like. Um, the shadows of the fingers or anything, so it's just it's very like blended blobs. I think together. it's pretty though. Yeah, I think it's I it's think, very delicate and soft. Yeah. I think that something that I like about all these paintings is that none are you know like the other, but yet they all depict something that I feel like everyone can kind of relate to or really know about. Uh, the next piece we can look at is Banksy's Kissing Coppers, which was graffiti art on a wall outside and it depicts two policemen kissing and this was relatively uh when did it come out when did this piece i'm pretty sure this piece came out in the early 2010s ish so this was a relatively controversial piece because at the time uh around the world it was still developing rights movement for lgbtq for lgbtq was that 2010 the year that everyone Got the 2013. That, yeah, that was 2013. Where marriage became legalized. Marriage yeah. yeah, in America. And I think this was made in 2011. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. before that time, yeah. I definitely think this piece is more about like shock factor, mm-hmm. and well, not shock factor, but it's two policemen being controversial. Yeah, I think it's interesting that he chose the two subjects to be like policemen because he could have just put in like anyone. He was definitely trying to why. send a message. Yeah. It's made for a statement where I think the other pieces yeah, cause it's aren't like, as impactful, Because I, I think at the time, like, policemen were, like, represent the law, and the law was against the LGBTQ community. So this was kind of a statement on that, like, you can't hold it back. You know, it's going to be something that happens. Yeah. What piece would this be, Alana? This is Roy Lichtenstein's Kiss V. It looks like a very up-close version of Gustav Klimt's The Kiss, except... In Roy Lichtenstein style, you can only see the two faces. When was this made? Probably in the height of Lichtenstein's career. I feel like I've seen that picture growing up. I are they actually kissing, or is it like a hug? Because embracing. Yeah, it's, it's the same thing that they're doing in the kiss. Because inside the kiss by Gustav Klimt, she's kind of like turned away, and he's I think just right. kissing her on the cheek. And this is the same exact thing that mm. they're doing right here. She crying. Why is she? crying? Yeah, I think she. <laughs> Yeah, I think she is crying. That's the one thing that's different. It's like passionate, you know? Yeah. Or bad breath. Bad breath. Yeah, Yeah. bad breath. It depicts a story without telling you what it is, but it's up for, like, interpretation, which I think is cool. And dotted throughout it are Lichtenstein's classic Bende dots, which Mm. have been referenced in a previous episode. Shout out to us. (laughs) Uh, the last kiss piece that I want to show is Pablo Picasso's. It is also similar to Gustav Klimt's kiss and Liechtenstein's kiss V in the setup, except 
the two characters are actually kissing each other and not like the dude's weirdly kissing the lady on the cheek and she looks a little uncomfortable. It's a very abstract piece and he does put like their facial features in places where they aren't typically, but they still are kissing. But that's like his I like, wouldn't expect signature. anything else. Yeah, that's his my boy Pob. cubist like signature is to distort the perspectives like yeah. that. What do y'all think about the colors in this piece? It's like, it's weird because it's like supposed to be such a lively action. It feels but like yeah, it's so dull. It They're feels not like, very romantic colors. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> it feels like the figure on the left is like staring at the viewer as opposed to like. Yeah, that was a little creepy. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Like so they're, they're Every, kissing someone, you're looking at someone else. Everything about it doesn't depict love, <laughs> but the act com- depicts love. Mm-hmm. It, only, it almost seems like it's just like a one person act. Like the other person seems disengaged from the kiss. To me, that's how I see all the other kiss pieces with from Gustav Klimt and um, Roy Lichtenstein. Because in that one, the lady seems disengaged. But in this one, the male is staring at the audience. Okay, what I assume to be the male is mm-hmm. staring at the audience. And he is the one who's less engaged. Mm-hmm. So okay. there's this like theme of separation present throughout... like that little <laughs> intermission i think we will move on to you know who are y'all like there are a ton of famous lovers in our history and when i say that i mean different artists like frida kahlo and diego rivera who divorced uh willem de koenig and elaine de koenig are they also divorced or like you know whenever they were alive just wondering brief intermission <laughs> ad from our sponsors i don't know and this is why not why looking we <laughs> Well, yeah, you could say that. Rude, it's blocked. <laughs> they separate. Elaine de Koenig, Willem de Koenig separated. Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera divorced. Okay, Willem de Koenig and Elaine de Koenig then got back together. So, what do y'all think? How do you think love inspires art? Ooh, can I talk about someone that you didn't say? Who? Um, is it the lady from Big Eyes? The one where he's like trying no, to sell her no. art. What's the name of the performance art lady? Yoko Ono? No. No. <laughs> Abramovich. Um, Abramovich? Marina Abramovich? Yeah. The one who just sat in silence for a minute? Yeah, but we saw that video where her lover came oh, back yeah, or whatever. I cried oh a gosh. little. But I looked at their work before because they created a ton together. They have one where he's holding a bow and arrow and she's like standing on the other side holding it to her chest and they're counterbalancing each other. I really like their work together. I think that love can be a powerful factor between, like behind a lot of artwork. And they did one where they screamed at each other <laughs> and braided their hair together, which the Vogue recreated like a few months ago with Gigi Hadid and Kendall Jenner. But I don't know. It's had such they've had a big impact. So I don't this is think people Marina realize and and, Marina and, and her lover, Ule. Oh, just is just the word, Ule. <laughs> well, they have brought a lot to the art community, and we are thankful for their love while it happens. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of weird because you get to see the sort of story of their love and also the destruction of it and like their raw emotions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Especially with performance art. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of raw emotion that people are witnessing firsthand. It's almost a whole experience mm-hmm. and then you just get to see it come like full circle with your reunion back in yeah. 2010 whenever she did that 
sort of thing for the MoMA, her performance art for the MoMA, and, he, and she was staring at random strangers, and then he comes up, and she, they just start, like, crying. Plus, you see their careers together and separate, and they're successful individually, but they're extra powerful together, which I think mm-hmm. is good. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Vincent Van Gogh was inspired by love when he cut off his ear? Cut off his ear? (laughs) Yikes. Was that an artistic move or was it like, you know how sometimes people give people goats to way back when would give people goats to be like. What do you mean way back when? To see. (laughs) Uh, When people would give them goats to make a dowry. Just letting you know. Tassine's girlfriend, just beware, he might give you three goats in exchange for marriage. I would ask for more. Um, <laughs> okay, you're not happy with three goats. Do you think goats? the ear was like a dowry, like a dowry? Like, will you marry me? Did he? Did he like send that to his lover? He sent it to a prostitute, right? Oh, yeah, his lover. Nice. He could just send her money. Wasn't know? he? He was already giving her kind money. Of crazy. Yeah, I think he had some sort of. He was in a, a mental hospital, yeah. like bipolar yeah. disorder or something. He might have done it out of love, but it wasn't a. It was like a misguided sense, like. Yeah, it wasn't love that made him do it love doesn't inspire people to like cut off body pieces usually i mean it might but i mean people give their kidneys to right but they love but like the other person needs i don't think anyone needed his ear (laughs) (laughs) well love is interpreted in many different ways but time is concrete and we're running out of it that's all today (laughs) oh no 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 For the art history test. Today, the piece for the day is The Swing by Fragonard in 1767. This is a French Rococo piece and it's considered one of the masterpieces of the Rococo era. It's indicative of the Rococo in its emphasis of movement with both the swing and the man taking action to look uh, up his lover's dress. What a naughty boy. Rococo. <laughs> <laughs> Rococo attributes can be seen in the bright colors, the painterly, the painterly brushwork, and the light-hearted subject matter. And that's about it. Good luck, guys. Have a lovely Valentine's Day from Art As We Know It. Any last comments, anyone? Just want to say, uh, smash that like button. Smash that like button. <laughs>